What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you been, man? The NBA is getting good. Oh, yeah. Things are falling. Oh, yeah. It's about to get crazy. Uh, before we start, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at TSK Show. And if you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK show, or just type in keyword, the Sports Kingdom show on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. This week on the show, Tyler and I will update our NBA power rankings as we get into the thick of the NBA season. We're a little over halfway through the NBA season now, coming up on the All-Star break. A lot of stuff going on. Obviously, we will discuss the huge blockbuster trade that shook the NBA world on Monday with Blake Griffin being shipped to Detroit for a medley of assets, as well as some other hot NBA topics. Also, we will continue our five-part series with the fourth installment, where Tyler and I will rank our top ten active power forwards in the NBA right now. Tough tough call to make this list. Yeah, really tough call. There's a group of guys up front, and then... It's a lot of slim pickings after. Slim pickings afterwards. There's a lot of guys in in the kind of the same skill range. Yeah, but first we have to start with the biggest news of the week, and that is obviously the Super Bowl. We're just days away from the big game coming up on Sunday. Once again, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots are representing the AFC. And the underdog Philadelphia Eagles making their first Super Bowl appearance since 2004 when they played the Patriots. Eight appearances to the Super Bowl for Brady and Belichick. The next the next quarterback coach duo is with four. That's leading the pack. Yeah. I mean, that's it's greatness. It's but their game. It's like LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is just what they do. <laughs> uh, so in this postseason, um, the Eagles are ranked third in total offense and ranked second in total defense. The Patriots are ranked fourth in total offense and third in total defense. So I think we're in. Both for... these teams were playing well all season long. Oh, yeah. No, I think we're going to be in for a really good game. Neither one of these teams really had a low part of their season. Both sustained huge injuries. And were able to be the number one seeds in both their conference going into the playoffs and have home field the yep. entire way. Yep. It's going to be a better game than I think people think I, I think a lot of people want philly to win they absolutely have a shot to win um i don't but, want philly to win but uh i think the boys are gonna do it you, you think the patriots are gonna do it yeah if we're gonna get into the score prediction I, i'm going i'm going new england 30 philadelphia 20 okay so, uh, super bowls i i feel like traditionally are big days for kickers so i got three for goskowski and uh two for philly there you go uh, if I were to predict the final score, I'm going to go Patriots 26, Eagles 21. But, I mean, like, like, I, like I just said, I'm not rooting for the Eagles. I'm definitely not rooting for the Patriots. I'm rooting for the Patriots to lose. So, yeah. Well, it's going to be dramatic. 
history says. Yeah, I mean, I clearly I think that potentially the Eagles are going to be up in the fourth quarter and we're going to see some Tom Brady magic. That's that's the, what happens. I mean, <laughs> Patriots don't don't win Super Bowls outright. They win them at the last minute. Um, as far as prediction goes for MVP, who do you got? I mean, I got I got to give it to Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Any bold predictions for Brady? Oh, I mean. By by the by the score prediction of twenty six to twenty one, I think the Eagles are going to be up late in the fourth quarter, and Tom Brady's just going to so be able the to game work winning some drive magic. is yeah. what's going to do it for him. Yeah, I got Dion Lewis. Okay, as the you think it's going to be a ground and pound type of game? I for think the he's going to get. I think uh, no, I think he's going to get two touchdowns, and I think he's going to get a, over a hundred yards rushing, receiving. Um, oh, combined. But with Gronk being iffy, they're going to lean on him. They, you know, obviously Adelman's been out all all year. Um, and he gets a lot of usage rates where they're not a great, you know, outside of Gronk, they're not a great red zone team. So I think Tom's going to dink and dunk his way through this game, and Deion Lewis is going to end up being the MVP for it. You said they're not sure about Gronk. Gronk's playing in this game, if I had to put money on it. Uh, yeah, he's going to play. We'll just see. How effective he is? Yeah, I got some interesting thoughts on Gronk. I don't know. Go for, go for I it. I think, uh, well, I think Gronk is one of those guys now that uh, has the potential to walk away from the game early. We might see this great career cut short. Um, taking a hit like that, taking a hit that could probably kill most average people. but uh, And, and not know, his first concussion. No, that's a vicious hit. And this guy takes double teams every play. He's getting chipped at the line of scrimmage. He's getting a hit downfield. Um, I mean, he has a he has a robotic arm already. Yeah, that's very um, true. This guy's taken a lot of beating, and uh, we'll see. You know, that last one was was a super hard hit, um, and he was obviously uh, kind of dazed from it. Oh yeah, um, no, he was definitely dazed. I think from he'll it. end up playing in the Super Bowl, and I don't think he'll end up walking away after this year. But it could be within very, the next couple of years. Yeah, I think Gronk could could walk away within the next year or two. Which is definitely he's on pat you know he's on pace to be the greatest tight end ever, um, but he could walk away early. You think he's better than somebody like a Tony Gonzalez? No, not yet. I think he's on pace to yeah. If he if he were to finish out a full career, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and tight ends play for a long time. I mean, Witten, Gates, yeah. Tony Gonzalez, all those guys played for a really long time. Um, Gronk though, I just don't I don't know. He's the, he's their entire team on offense, so he just takes it's like a running back, you know. Um, that's getting 30 carries a game. It's just too much, too much physical play for that long. Yeah. You, you now speaking, speaking of ending plus, a career, you know, plus the all the health stuff coming out, you know, with concussions and whatnot. I yeah, think, I mean, you know, you people see, are more aware of it, and you're more likely to see it happen. Yeah, you see, you see a lot of players now really taking that into consideration after having yeah. a lot of concussions in a very short amount of time yep. in a, in a short career span. Yeah, especially seeing all this crazy stuff. I mean, his teammate Aaron Hernandez had the, uh, you know, the worst case of CTE for someone under thirty that anyone's ever seen. Yeah, and, and he was right happened. there with him the whole time, and he's been playing the last, yeah. you know. So um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully not, but I can see Gronk be one of those guys that walks away from the game early. Now, would you would you see Bill Belichick retiring after no, this year? No, I he's lose. He's gonna lose both of his coordinators. Yeah, I, I don't see Belichick uh, leaving until Brady does, you know, and maybe afterwards. I don't know. Similar to a Popovich scenario. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near being done. I mean, they're about to win the Super Bowl. So it's like, <laughs> why why do people think they're done? They're, they're not close to being done. Tom feels good. 
the team's the team's doing well. Coordinators are not. He's probably going to end up getting someone that was either a a coordinator for him before, played for him, b played for him before, yeah. or c is on the staff now. Yeah, I mean they they have thirty five guys on their active roster right now that were on the Super Bowl roster last season. Yeah, and and then I wonder how many of those guys were in the Super Bowl team and played the Seahawks. You know, yeah, four years ago too. So because this is three, probably a good amount. This is three and four years, so the dynasty continues. Yeah, it's gonna be you, it's gonna be a really good game. I'm not rooting for the Eagles to win. I'm not rooting for the Patriots to win. I'll say it again. I'll say it all the time. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Patriots to lose. I think a lot of people share that. Uh, Philly's got to Philly's got to get off to a really good start to win the game, though. Uh, oh, they have to play a perfect game. If they if they they have to be able to run the ball and keep Tom Brady off the field. I mean, exactly. I think JHI in their in their run offense is their best case scenario. Uh, Foles doesn't turn the ball over very much, so if they can take care of the ball and hold on to a lead, it doesn't have to be much. Um, Obviously, they no don't want lead is safe though with Tom no, Brady. No, but that's why. So you know, it doesn't matter how big of a lead you got. You know, whether you hold on to a three point lead or a twenty one point lead, he's going to make a push at you. So you got to stop that final drive. Um, so their 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 best shot to win, which I absolutely think the the Eagles can win this game. I think they've been they've been counted out since Wentz went down. I mean, I I did the same when Wentz went down. I didn't think they had a shot at making a Super Bowl run, but obviously the rest of the team disagreed. Um, and they were, they, you know, they've been insulted by it because they were the number one team in the league. They only lost one guy, and they gained a guy like Jay Ajayi. So let's see. Go yeah, Birds. I mean, I mean, like you, I counted. I said they weren't going to win another game the rest of the year after Wentz went down, and I didn't think they were going to win a playoff game. Yep. And here they are, the yeah, underdogs. Yep. No, they're they're. Uh, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Yeah, and always with the Patriots, it's a good Super Bowl. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, not necessarily the ending's great. I mean, but it's dramatic. Is what Fair. I mean. All right. I'll give you that. And, I mean, the people want to see them lose. So, it's it's great for the NFL. Obviously, people think that the NFL tries to get the Patriots wins or get them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it's good for the NFL. Dramatic games. And if they lose, everybody loves it. And if they win, Tom Brady's legacy continues. Yeah. So, to recap, I have the Patriots winning 26-21. to 21. Tom Brady is the MVP. Tyler, who do you have? I got I got New England thirty, Philadelphia twenty. Deion Lewis, two touchdowns, hundred yards, MVP. There you go. Uh, so we will we will wrap up the NFL season next week. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy season. It's crazy to think that we we started this what week three of the NFL season, and yeah, it was we, just after week two. Yeah, yeah. So we we did it right after week two, and only have missed two weeks since then. So yeah. It's yep. been a fun ride. Yep, it's been a great season. Uh, outside of the Hawks not being in the Super Bowl, it's been a great yeah, season. Yeah, the Rams not being in the Super Bowl. But great season for the Rams. It was a hell of a season for the Rams. But we just lost our offensive coordinator today. That's how it goes, man. Next man up. Exactly. And it's a good thing Sean McVay, he's an offensive guru. He's a genius when it comes to the offense. Mm-hmm. He gets most of the credit anyways, and he does most of the play calling anyway. Yeah. So I think I think the Rams are going to be fine. Yeah, no, they're 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 great. They got McVeigh. They got their young, talented team. They're they're gonna be good. Yeah. So now we will transition into the NBA, and we will start with our NBA power rankings. I think we should start. Should we start at the top? You want to start at the top? Yeah. 
switch it up a little bit because I mean the top is the same. So yeah, might as well talk about the team at its highest point rather than its lower point. Fair enough. So number one, uh, we both have the Warriors. Yep, they're forty and ten. They're the first team in the NBA to forty wins this season. Eighty-eight and two in the last ten. So they're still just playing well. You know, they they played well at the beginning, the end. They're they're just they're still there. Yeah, they're, and they're I mean, the team to beat. They're the standard. Yeah, they they just had a a crazy game against the Celtics where uh, Steph and Kyrie were battling. Yeah, uh, Steph had forty nine, including eight three pointers. Yeah. They just they look like they're ready for the playoffs. Yeah, those guys are amazing ball handlers and and playmakers in general and entertainers for that matter. I mean, yeah, that's some of the best basketball you're ever going to see. Yeah, and uh, number two, we got the Houston Rockets, yep. 35-13, and 8-2 in their last 10, just like the Warriors. Uh, they have a record of 44 straight games with at least 10 three-pointers made, which is a crazy stat in my opinion. Yeah, they're a super dangerous team. Uh, and they actually just lost their first game, actually, with Clint Capella. I remember you talking about that stat last week. Yep, yep. But, I mean, they're still – Second best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see if they can beat. It's just I don't know if they can play enough defense to beat Golden State four times. No, I don't think they can play enough. You know, defense. the like offensively, I think they can out outscore Golden State, but can they outscore them four out of seven times? Yeah, I mean, Mike D'Antoni had a nickname when he was a he, when he was the head coach of the Lakers. He was known as Mike Antoni because the Lakers ain't playing no D. Yeah, oh, yeah. When he was the coach <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. No. Seven-second offense. Yeah. Number three, we got the same. Oh, well, actually, real quick, before we before we go to number three, the I guess we can talk about it when we talk about Blake Griffin, but that Rockets-Clippers game in February means nothing now. Yeah. No, it's not It's not quite as good anymore. No, the ma- one of the major parts is gone, but there's still a lot There's still a lot of bad blood there, but no, the, ma- the main piece is gone. Yeah. But, yeah, so like Tyler was saying, we both got the same number three again. Uh, Celtics coming in at 36 and 15. Uh, they've, su- they've somewhat hit a slump recently. Yeah, were they five and five? In yeah, the last 10? five and five in their last 10. But they're still very much in control it, of the Eastern Conference. And one of them was that, that crazy. Yeah, the matchup against the Warriors, yeah, which was a, cl- it was a close game. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a uh, what do you call it? Uh, that's a win. Uh, I'm missing the word, but yeah, no, losing to the Warriors that close is not a bad thing. Yeah, and I mean, Kyrie put up 37 as opposed to Steph's 49. So the Celtics, they're going to be fine. They're yeah. they're, they're still very much yeah. in control of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're definitely uh, they're definitely the team to beat while Cleveland tries to figure shit out. Um, number four, I think, is where we start. It starts getting mixed up a little bit. I have the I have the Raptors at four. Yep, and I got San Antonio at four. Oh. I I have San Antonio a little lower, and I'll I'll explain my reasoning why. But yeah, San Antonio. I mean, I just they're I just think they're just getting ready and locked and loaded for the playoffs. Bringing Tony Park. They got two Hall of Famers coming off the bench now. You know, Parker and Manu. That's always clutch. They got to have. Uh, Dejounte Murray, baby boy from Seattle, uh, starting at point guard. So it's he's been playing well. Yeah, it's go time. It, it's a it's the perfect move because you know Dejounte is an athletic kid. Um, so he's going to be able to play against all those stud point guards that everybody starts, um, all these crazy athletes. And then uh, backup point guards tend to be either the undersized guys or the crafty guys or, um, you know, players like that. And Tony Parker is just going to eat them alive. You know, you know what's interesting now that 
now that you say that the Spurs have two Hall of Famers coming off the bench, mm-hmm. in my opinion right now, there are two teams in the NBA that have a total of four potential Hall of Fame players on their teams right now. The Warriors and the Spurs. KD, Draymond, yeah. Steph, Clay, yeah. Tony Parker, Manage Nobly, Pau Gasol, maybe LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, LaMarcus is close. He's, he's close. close. Yeah, he's close. He's knocking on the door because, I mean, let's, his career, let's see. Let's see how his yeah, career his, ends. Because I'm pretty sure Weber got in. And, and, I mean, he's got a similar career trajectory as, like, a Chris yeah. Weber. Um, but I also think uh, I also think Cleveland's probably pretty – Pretty close to four guys, uh, you know. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Isaiah or D Rose or any of those. Caleb, oh, Caleb's getting in for sure. Okay, I think Caleb, D Way, LeBron for sure are getting in. Yeah, okay. you got guys like J.R. Smith. You know, he's yeah. had a great career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I look at where I don't necessarily think he's a Hall of Famer. They probably are at three right now. But yeah, but I mean, for me, I have the Raptors at four. They're second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they just snapped the Lakers four game winning streak. But Kuzma dunked on his teammate, so that was really funny to watch. No, they're or college <laughs> yeah. teammate. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, they're balling out all-stars this year. Their coach is going to be coaching Team LeBron in the all-star game, yeah. Dwayne Casey. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's nice. I got them as the number five team. Um, definitely still like definitely still a top tier. You know, one of those top tier Eastern Conference teams that's going to make a push for LeBron. But um, – yeah, ultimately Toronto. I think they're they're destined for a a, a second round knockout probably. It it wouldn't shock me, but I mean right now I gotta I gotta give give them credit. Yeah, exactly. I gotta give credit where credit's due right now based off their record and so where they sit in the standings. Have five. Yeah, five. I have the Timberwolves. Okay. So they're thirty two and twenty one. Yeah. They're still fourth in the West. Jimmy Butler just came back after missing a few games. They are five five and five in their last ten. But I think with Jimmy Butler coming back into the lineup, they're just going to go right back to where they were. Yeah, yeah. Just keep pushing for that playoff push come April. Yeah, they, I mean, they got home court right now as, as as long as they can hold off OKC a little longer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got them down a little bit further. Uh, number Coming in at number six, because I had Toronto at five. Uh, number six, I got the the hottest team in the league, OKC. So do I. I have, a, I have them at six. Yeah, they're, eight, eight wins in a row. Yeah, they're up one spot for me from last week. This is so this this is my only discrepancy between this week and last week. Yeah. Is I have the Thunder at six and San Antonio at seven. Yeah. OKC is just uh look like they're figuring it out. Yeah, but I mean the Ro- the Andre Roberson injury scares me a little bit. They're considerably worse on defense without him in the lineup. Yeah, they need a three and D guy. Yeah. When he's when he's in the starting lineup with the OK three and Steven Adams, the Thunder yeah. give up 95.9 points per 100 possessions. And without him in the lineup, they give up 114.5 points yeah, no, per 100 need, possessions. Yeah, no, they need a 3-and-D guy. He guards the best perimeter players on the uh, on the opposing team. So they need that guy. I mean, they need someone like him, especially because they're, so, uh, they're not very deep on the bench at all. So. No, that's – I mean, we've – talked about it multiple times their yeah. bench is their biggest weakness yeah. which is why you got to have two of the three big guys two of the three stars in at all times you have yeah to, yeah um coming in at number seven uh i got cleveland okay and then um, at no- 
well, at number seven, I have the Spurs. Which, last two weeks, I had Cleveland at five, just trying to give them respect. Uh, <laughs> this week, I dropped them down to seven. Uh, obviously, I think they're a top-five caliber team, but they're not playing well. They're four and six in the last ten, 29-19. Um, it's a lot of turmoil there. they gotta, they got to make some changes. But I do, I do like the uh, starting lineup change. I like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Um, starting together, and I've oh, always, and I've always been a believer that the less amount uh, LeBron has to play for, the better as well. Yeah, no, I mean I f- I feel like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson should be the starters. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But you know, every day it's someone new for Cleveland said something at practice, or he's upset, or yeah, it's just know, Dwayne Wade, Channing Fry. It's uh, a whole media circus. Yeah, Isaiah LeBron. It's it's a lot of a lot of turmoil coming out of there. So we'll did see. Did you hear, did you hear what Matt Barnes said about Isaiah Thomas? No, he, I, heard, he, I heard what he said about Doc Rivers. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, he was on Cowherd's show, and he ba- basically the extent of what he was saying was to it basically just shut up. You're with LeBron. Just find your role and play. Like just stop talking to the media because apparently. People seem to think that Isaiah Thomas might be the problem in Cleveland. Yeah, no, it, it is. He's their scapegoat right now. Oh, hundred percent. Because he wasn't playing, and uh, he had he hasn't played. He's still trying to recover from an injury, um, and he's like the difference from their team last year. So he's easy to blame. But yeah, they weren't good on defense before he got the you know before he got in the exactly lineup. not it's, good on defense it, now. It's not Isaiah, but he should. I do agree with Barnes. He shouldn't talk to the media. None of those guys should. They, they need oh, to take yeah. care of that stuff in-house. 100%. Um, and, 100%. Figure, and figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I got Cleveland at seven. Yeah, so at seven, I have the Spurs. They're only they're 33-19, and 19, and the only reason I have them under OKC, it's not because of the lack of performance on the Spurs' end. It's more just OKC's performing better. Yeah, no, they're, currently. They, they've, they've found it. Yeah. They're hot right now. Um. But the Spurs are five and five in their last ten, and like like you mentioned before, Dejounte Murray, he's been killing it since he's been inserted into the starting lineup as the new starting point guard. Mm-hmm. He's averaging just over thirteen points, five assists, and eight rebounds in his past four starts as, at the point guard position. So yeah, he's an interesting player. Yeah, and then at number eight, I have Cleveland, twenty nine and nineteen. They've won two games in a row, which is a good sign for them as of late. Yeah. LeBron had a triple-double last Friday in a win against the Pacers and then was two rebounds away from having a back-to-back triple-double game against the Detroit Pistons. And despite all of the media hoopla about the team, like we were just talking about, Kevin Love's been playing really well as Kevin of Love's playing great. I mean, he's probably the bright spot of the season. Yeah, he's had, he's had three straight double-doubles where he shot over 50% from the field and 50% exactly from the three-point line. Yeah, I think he's like number four in the NBA in double doubles, total double doubles. I mean, you remember that streak he went on in Minnesota? Oh yeah, no, that's that's what people forget. That guy's a top tier player. Uh, oh, hundred percent. And he's having a really really good year, and he's you know one of the only bright spots I have. If Cleveland ends up getting to the NBA Finals, this is going to be some of LeBron James's better work because at this point, you think it's going to be better than two years ago? It's because uh, two years ago was insane when he lost Ke- Kevin Love. And then Kyrie in the finals, or are you talking no. about to get to the finals? No, when he won. Oh, you're talking about the work to get to the finals. The work, yeah. Like right oh. now, no one, you know, right now they're they're down. Um, 
no one's got no one's given them uh, a shot. Well, not not that's the wrong because with LeBron, everyone's always giving them a shot. Exactly. Um, but if they get to the if if they get through all this turmoil and make it to the NBA Finals, still regardless of what happens in the finals, um, this is all going to be on LeBron's effort on the court. You know, I mean, yeah, he's I think he's putting in more effort on the court to do things himself. He's uh, exerting he tr- more energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Than he traditionally does. So. Um, We'll see if LeBron can get it done by himself. Yeah. Who you got at number eight? Minnesota. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Purely because, uh, not, I mean, not that they're a bad team, but it's just uh, they're the uh, they're kind of the new guys, kind of the rookies to the top ten um, team. So uh, we'll see what they see how they can sustain it. Um, I don't. I think OKC is going to end up passing them up. Um, so they're not going to have. I don't think they're going to have home court in the uh, in the playoffs, which is going to be really tough for them. But they're still a top t- still a top ten team, still a top five team in the West, um, and a super super bright future ahead of them. Yeah, and then at number nine, who do you have? Miami. Yeah, same. Miami, twenty nine yeah. and twenty one, continuing to play really well. Yeah, I mean they're still fourth in the East, and Milwaukee even leapfrogged Washington as Washington now sits in the sixth spot. Uh, the Heat, they're six and four in their last ten games. Miami gets home court. That's big time. Yeah, I mean that that's big time to get it over a Milwaukee or um, a Philadelphia or, or, a or Washington or even Washington. Like I said, Washington, I thought last week was going to be their last week in the top ten. They're definitely out now. Oh yeah, um, but and yeah, I got I got I got Miami. I like I like what they're doing down there. And then at number ten, Portland. I'm assuming no. Ooh, number ten, I got Milwaukee. Okay. Four game, four game win streak. I got them turn it there. I got them in the top ten because they're turning their season around. Um, they kind of replaced Washington. Um, haven't lost since they fired Jason Kidd. Yeah. Um, so that's something. And then guess what? Who's who's coming back tonight or is it tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Jabari Parker. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Yeah. You know that's 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 something noteworthy. Um, and they're in the five spot. See if they can get ahead of like a Miami to get the home court advantage. Um, but yeah, I like Milwaukee number ten. Yeah, and so I got I got the Trailblazers at ten, twenty seven and twenty two, seventh in the West. They have the same record as New Orleans, but I got to give the edge to Portland now because Boogie's hurt. Yeah, they're six and four in their last ten. Damian Lillard's been killing it lately. He's had at least twenty five points in his last five games, and I think I think they're going to be able to solidify themselves as at least the sixth seed in the West now that Boogie is hurt. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too, because I only see New Orleans dropping. I only see, uh, I only see Denver dropping. I don't um, think Denver's going to drop out now that, but, now that the Clippers are going to get rid of everybody. Yeah, we'll have to see what the Clippers are trying to do here. Yeah. It's tough to predict the Clippers right now. Yeah, but we, we'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so run through your 1 through 10 real quick. So 1 through 10, I got Golden State, then Houston, Boston, San Antonio, Toronto, OK3, Cleveland, Minnesota, Miami, Milwaukee. All right, and I got the Warriors, Rockets, Celtics, Raptors, Timberwolves, Thunder, Spurs, Cavaliers, uh, Miami Heat, and then the Portland Trailblazers rounding out the top ten. Now, the NBA trade deadline is a little bit over a week away, Mm -hmm. and we had our first blockbuster trade of the season on Monday. The Clippers sent Blake Griffin, Willie Reed, and Bryce Johnson to the Detroit Pistons for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban Marjanovic, and a protected first-round draft pick, 
for this upcoming draft mm-hmm. and a future second round draft pick. Griffin signed a five year over a hundred and seventy million dollar contract over the summer and I heard I heard um on the uh God, what show was it? Was it the jump? Or Mar- Marcellus Wiley said that the tax difference between California and Michigan, that contracts were two hundred mil now. He got like an, he gets like an extra thirty mil just based off of taxes. No way. Yeah. So that's, so that's nice. But I mean, that's money to buy coats. He's gonna need a lot of winter coats hmm. now. But I mean, he over during the off season during the Clippers free agency pitch, he was like pitched on being a Clipper for life. Yeah. They raised a fake jersey to Staples Center's rafters, which, in my opinion, is blasphemous. Because you don't fake doing doing <laughs> yeah, that yeah. in Staples Center, not where the Lakers play. He's the he, it, yeah. That's it's a weird it's weird how it all went down. But he also didn't have a no trade clause. Yeah, for a reason. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Jerry West knew what he was doing when when they signed that contract. Yeah, I think they had every intention to sign him, um, if not by the trade deadline next off season, because. Um, it's just so much easier to trade a player when they're signed to a contract because the team getting that player knows that they have them for the yeah. next four years. And when you're trading a player of Blake Griffin's caliber, you want him to stay. You don't want to walk him walking away if you're exactly. going to give away good pieces. So, um, yeah, very interesting trade for both sides. I think both. I think both teams got what they wanted, though. Yeah, I mean, for the Clippers, Tobias Harris and Boban, they're unrestricted free agents after next season. Bradley's an unrestricted free agent after this year. And I wouldn't be shocked if they even flip Avery Bradley before the trade deadline this season. Yeah, I think Avery – I don't think Avery's going to be uh, a Clipper next year. No, I don't think he will be either. Yeah, um, so that's unfortunate. Shout out Avery, the Tacoma kid. But yep. uh, um, it's too bad that he's become a trade piece. I hate, it. I hate to see good players become that and not be able to find a home. So hopefully – I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he signs with a contender this year. He gets traded to a contender this year to – you know, help somebody win a championship. Um, but he might have to ride out this season. Yeah. And, I mean, it's clear the Clippers, they're going to begin to try and rebuild this. Yeah, I think they're going to try and get rid of Avery, Lou, Will, and DeAndre. I mean, Although they did come out and make statements, they're still trying to make the uh, the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. They just – they traded away their franchise centerpiece. Yeah. Blake Griffin did – and this is coming from – a late diehard Lakers fan. Blake Griffin did something for the Clippers for the city of Los like greatest Clipper ever. Yeah. He, he had an effect on the city of Los Angeles as a Clipper that nobody else had six straight playoff appearances. Never made it out of the the second round though. But, but for uh, a a bottom seller team uh, that, you know, never made the playoffs. I mean, the Clippers, growing up, the Clippers were the absolute worst franchise in sports. Oh, yeah. And they were the worst run organization in sports. Yeah. Okay. And so Blake Griffin, you know, brought to light a lot of the, uh, um, what's his name? Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling story. He's the number one pick in the draft. Six straight playoff uh, appearances. Lob City. All that. Yeah. Lob City's over. Yeah, Lob City's over. I mean, it was over when Chris Paul left. But um, I mean, what I mean, about Blake Milos? What but, about Milos? But, but Blake Griffin's the greatest Clipper of all time, no, no doubt. Um, yeah, not that that means very much in the history of the NBA. But 
he still did a ton for that Clippers uh, organization, and I think he's going to do a lot for Detroit as well. Yeah, and I I think from every like I mean being in Los Angeles, we see and hear a lot more about what celebrities do. Yeah, on their in in like yeah, their yeah. spare time. Yep, yep. And I heard I can't remember who said it, but. Someone was saying that this is probably one of the best things that could have happened to Blake Griffin's career because all he's going to do in Detroit is focus on basketball. Okay, yeah. So get into this as far as like from a basketball standpoint. I think Detroit is making – I think Detroit made the right move. Oh, they Um, made a great move. See, so to me, you know, when I think of the Pistons, I think of bad boy basketball. I think of, you know, slow down possession basketball, tough, gritty defense with big guys. I mean – and so we're going to see – we'll see what Blake can do. You got the guys from the 80s, the 80s bad boys. You got Lambeer, Mahorn, and Rodman. Yeah. You know? And then you had the bad boys in the 2000s with Rasheed and Ben Wallace and Corliss Williamson and those guys, uh, Tayshon. And now, you know, can Drummond, Blake Griffin, Stanley Johnson, can this be the new bad boy Pistons? Yeah. Um, with Stan Van Gundy, you know, a throwback coach that knows and, how to coach Stan big Van guys. Gundy, Stan Van Gundy is – one of those coaches that has all that power. He's the president of basketball operations. Yep. He's and he's the head coach and he's he's the one that made this move and I really do think it is going to be a good move for Detroit. They got a new st- they got a new arena opening new up. New arena, yep. They got someone to uh market cuz Drummond's not Drummond's a great great NBA player and all-star caliber player, but he's not a marketable athlete. Right. I mean, Blake Griffin's got all the 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 dunks, you know, he's out out in the celebrity life. Uh, people know who he is. He's a dunk contest guy, you know. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good. We'll see. Uh, you know, right now they got guys like Reggie Bullocks and Luke Kennard. They can shoot the rock. Reggie Jackson. And then and then Reggie Jackson and, and Ish Smith are, are solid point guards. So um, Detroit's looking good. I, I like what Detroit's doing. And, and I also like what the Clippers are doing because I think the Clippers, they had to do what, they, what they're doing, and that's blow up Lob City. Um, I think it's too little too late, though. It, I, in my opinion, the Clippers should have blown this up this past offseason once Chris Paul left. Well, I mean, yeah, th- and they could have, they most certainly could have done that and maybe should have done that. So we'll just have to see what they get out of, uh, we'll see what they get out of DeAndre or Lou Will um, yeah. or, or even Avery. They, they got two first round draft picks now going into the next season. Yep. Um, which is good. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and, and to go back to go back to what you were saying about Detroit and Stan Van Gundy, and how I mentioned that he he's the president of basketball operations and all of that, I think he realized that hot start they had in the beginning of the season where they came out of the yeah. gates on fire. He Only saw that he saw that lightning in a bottle bottle and was like, all right, now we got to really do something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why that's why it could go either way. We'll see if it was a good decision in hindsight, um, because. Blake was playing really good, so uh, that that obviously helped out. Um, Lou Will is playing crazy good; he's got a lot of value right now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so this year they're going to ride out. They have, you know, they have Avery and they have Lou Will, and uh, who are solid players. Um, they're going to start Wes Johnson and Tobias. Tobias is a good piece, um, and DeAndre is still there. So yeah, I mean, DeAndre is the longest tenured Clipper of all time. Yep. He's the only he's the only Clipper in history to play at least ten years with the organization. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe he'll uh do you think I think they're trying to make room for LeBron. 
and Paul George, but I, I don't think, think either one of those guys are going to go there. LeBron's not going to go to the Clippers. But, I mean, the worst place in the NBA is to be in that 6 to 10 range. Yeah. That's, and, and right now they're in the 9 seed. I think they're going to try and rebuild and stay in that range, but, which is not necessarily a good call, but they're still not going to tank, you know. No, I think they are going to. I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to tank, but I think they should tank. But also, Doc Rivers didn't want to stick around for that rebuild in Boston. You yeah, think Doc Rivers is the hot topic, I think. I think that's, like, the most – as far as when it comes to the future of the Clippers, like, they could keep making all these moves and stay in that, like you said, that 6 to 10, uh, six to 10 range in the West um, and not tank and still stay, like, competitive and try to rebuild. But it's all on, like, Doc Rivers, you know what I mean? That could, that's going to change everything. A lot of people dislike Doc Rivers. Um, a lot of people have a ton of respect for Doc Rivers. Him and his son barely get along, and they're, he's his coach. Yeah, and he way overpaid his son. <laughs> he uh, sa- I mean, he saved his son's career. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but, unpor- I mean, it's just a weird spot for the Clippers. They have some good players on their team. But I just we, – we have to wait until I can see what moves they're going to make after the trade deadline. I don't know where the Clippers are going to finish in the West. Because yeah. with this team right now, as is, they could still end up as the eighth seed. Um, and they could probably barely squeak in. Yeah, beca- but because they have, a, uh, they have a decent lead in the West, there's only uh, – the, there's no other team pressing the eighth spot outside of them. And yeah. then Denver's in the eighth spot right now. And they um, Utah's far back from those guys, and they're and they're at ten. So they're not real. They've got a good. They've got good spacing on the teams behind them. They just have to catch up to the one or two teams that are in front of them. Yeah, and I mean the the Clippers in Denver have really been flip flip flopping mm-hmm. a lot for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean it's and it's like you know DeAndre Avery and Lou Will are going to be playing hard. Yeah, because they're playing they, for their next contract. They're so. playing for their next contract. They're they're literally playing for their livelihood. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see after the trade deadline. Then we'll get a better, uh, better view on it. But my my favorite part about all this is I really hope that Detroit's starting to build the bad boys again. I hope yeah. this is the uh, I hope this is bad boys third installment um, <laughs> in Detroit because uh, I loved I loved Detroit basketball. Um, I wasn't old enough to watch the bad boys in the eighties, but I loved the Rashid and Ben Wallace. I loved um, Dennis Rodman and Joe Dumars when I was young. I, um, I didn't get to see them play for the bad boys, but I watched them play. Um, so, you know, Drummond and Blake, that's a great start for a new bad boys team. I mean, and Stanley Johnson and Drum- Drummond and B- Drummond and Blake is almost, almost ant boogie esque. Yeah, yeah. It's almost ant boogie. It's like almost new Orleans North. And it's been interesting to see these teams, um, you know, Marcus and Zebo were doing it. It's, it's, they had a great, uh, the Lakers did it back in the day. It's, it's cool to see the, uh, the Lakers have done it multiple times with multiple. Big yeah, teams. yeah, 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 definitely. But like the Bynum Powell, you know, like uh, it's, and LaMarcus and Powell now it's, it's yeah. interesting to see these teams in this open court era still pairing up twin towers. Yeah. I mean, even Porzingis and Cantor. Yeah. Know, that's, Can- that's always fun to watch. I know Cantor's not like at that echelon of players, but big guy. Yeah. He's a real big guy. But some other hot topics going around the NBA right now. John Wall will be out at least six weeks. He's uh, 
had knee surgery just apparently to clean up some things. Nothing really major. Six to eight weeks, though. Yeah, six to eight weeks. That's Cutting open his knee. Yeah. I mean, the Wizards, they've slipped to the sixth seed in the East. It used to be them, Boston, Cleveland, and Toronto competing against each other. And the other three seem to have really pulled away from the Wizards. Uh, It sucks we're not going to see him in the All-Star game anymore. But speaking of Andre Drummond, he will be replacing him in the All-Star game. So so Drummond's getting some recognition. Yeah, so so Washington, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they start in place of John Wall. Um, Tonight they started that Sadoransky guy, or however you say it. I don't even Um, know who that is. They only have – the only point guard they have on their roster that's healthy is Tim Frazier. Um, So I'm sure they were going to want to keep at least one point guard with the second unit and probably have Beal – handle the ball but I, don't, I think this this dc team this is a this is a weird spot there and because if they miss the playoffs um and their team as is you know where do they go do they give it one more year next year and keep this core around or do they blow it up i don't think they i don't think they should give they it another year they're not they're not attracting anybody you know new. no so we'll see and then also we got to talk about boogie cousins rupturing mm-hmm. his achilles Paul George is going to replace Boogie in the All-Star game, so that's yep. cool for uh, PG-13. Yep. Um, and then so with uh, with Boogie out now, they're projected starters. You know, I don't know. Are they going to start playing a sheet? Because he's basically been blackballed from the team as far as playing goes. Yeah. Um, do they start a sheet, or are they going to go with, you know, a Dante Cunningham, Darius Miller forward scenario See, with Dan Ant- playing the center? Yeah, are Dante Cunningham run, was my first option. Are they going to run three guards? I think Cunningham for sure is going to start. It's just, are they going to play him at three or the four? Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I think I think now, because um, they start Etwan Moore. Uh, so if they go three guards, it would be like an Etwan Moore, Drew Holiday, Rondo scenario. But I, def, I, I think Etwan Moore might end up actually coming off the bench and, and them start Rondo and Drew because they still have Jameer Nelson as a backup point. So. And he's he's not too shabby to have as a backup point guard. No, he's played he's he's played good for. He always plays well as a backup. So, Um, yeah, uh, I think New Orleans is also another one of those teams that's probably probably going to drop you know a couple seeds. Oh, for sure. You know the difference between you know like the seven and eight seed having to play Golden State, Houston is is not a place you want to be at, and the six and seven seed playing in Minnesota. You know, or a Portland or someone like that is much more doable. Yeah, and for for Boogie Cousins himself, I mean, the, the Achilles yeah, injury sucks. that's that's a huge injury to sustain, especially for a big man. I mean, it th- seems like the third time, or you know, it seems like this just keeps happening to him every time. You know, when he gets on the court, he's so dominant. And yeah, and bang, it, it's it's kind of Bynum esque, even though his numbers are much even better than Bynum's oh, were. Yeah. But it's just every time he gets on a roll, it just doesn't quite work out. It's 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 too bad. Yeah, and I mean the Achilles injury, rupturing your Achilles, that's a, that's the kind of injury that could alter your career. It alters your athleticism for sure, one hundred percent. And I mean for him personally, it sucks that this happened in a contract year. He's one yeah. of the most highly sought after free agents yeah. in this class. Someone's gonna get lucky. I mean, the, you pay him anything less than like thirty mil. You're getting the deal. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not going to be able to play until probably halfway through next season after rupturing your Achilles. That that recovery time is about probably 9 to 12 months. Yeah, that's and, right. I mean, 
I think that's potentially, like you said, going to hurt him in contract negotiations and mm-hmm. trying to be able to negotiate a max deal. I mean, he you could it because he was a con, because he was like a max contract guy. This injury over a course of four years on a contract could end up costing him fifty million dollars. Exactly, because <laughs> you know, like that's enough to make a guy sick to his stomach. Because you know, he is a max guy. He's going to be around the thirty million dollar mark. It's not like he's not going to get paid, right? But a four-year, eighty million dollar contract is not the same as a five-year, two hundred million dollar contract, right. or something like that, right? But this, I mean, because it is this specific rupturing of the Achilles injury, it makes me want not want the Lakers to go after him even more than I already didn't want him to. No, he is going to be if if your franchise is looking at him, you're going to be nervous. Very nervous. Because you're going to have to give him money. Exactly. And that money. And you're going to have to basically count on someone that you don't know is going to be there. Because if you're giving him the money, you can't have a bunch of money in a backup center. No. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, let's let's just hope Boogie is all good and yeah, it works I hope, out for him. I hope he comes back strong. Um, I, I hate to see a guy that's, like, just so talented go down like that. Especially like that and it to be season ending. and Yeah. He he could, been playing so well. Yeah, he could end up packaging himself with a Paul George or a LeBron, just following them because he's gonna be. They'll be a little more affordable. Um, yeah, he'd be able. He'd probably understand if he was partnering up with one of them. Exactly. He'd have to take less money. Exactly. So you could see something like that. But yeah, you know, best wishes to Boogie. I yeah. I, I hate to see him go down because he's one of the one of the. If not the best big guy in the league. I mean, we'll get to centers next week. Exactly. But this week, we're getting the fourth installment. Fourth uh, installment. It's been a this, good. Been a good one. Yeah, of this five-part series, we've done the we've done the point guards. We've top d- tens aren't so clear. You know, no. people always want to say, "Oh, he's a top ten guy," or "He's a top five guy." It's not always what you think no. until you see it out on paper. When you really when you really sit down and try and create a list, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It is. So, we've done the point guards, we've done the shooting guards, we've done the small forwards. Let's do the power forwards right now. All right, let's do it. So, I think we should start from the top. We're going to start from the top. I think we should start from the top. Just cuz I'd rather talk about the player uh, the like we'll talk about whoever thinks better of them. You know what I mean? Okay. So, you know, Fair. if I have someone up there higher than you, I'll yeah. Talk. Yeah. So, let's do be, it. And I I'm I honestly am guessing number 1's the same. But after that, I bet you it's going to be very mi- oh, mi- mixed this, up. This is going to be a whole hodgepodge. Yeah. So. But I, I think number one's got to be the same. Who do you, you got at number Anthony one? Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's, he's 24 years old. For his career, he's averaged 22.8 points per game, 10.2 rebounds per game, 2.3 blocks per game. He shoots over 50% from the field. He's a 30% three-point shooter as a big man. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, guards try and shoot for 40% from three-point line. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a big guy to shoot 30%, yeah. I'll well, take it. 33% for a big guy. If you're hitting one out of three, I'm, I'm all right with that. Yeah. I mean, this year, he's upped his points per game. He's at 26.5. He's at 10.6 rebounds per game. Most importantly, New Orleans is the sixth seed in the West. Yeah. he He's the leader of that team. It's his team. Franchise guy, 36 minutes a game. Yeah. He's shooting 55% from the field this season. Yeah, I mean, his numbers this year are, are ridiculous, and he keeps having these monster games, you know, these 40, 50-point games um, with double-digit rebounds. Uh, yeah. he, does it, he does it all. He's the future of the position. 
similar to like he, i think he's like the giannis of of the the four if we're gonna you know constrict people to positions but he's the future of the big man like giannis is the future of the perimeter player i think uh and davis is the the what we're gonna see coming right out. I'd, I'd have to I, I mean i'd have to group I think Marvin Bagley is actually going to be very similar to a, to an Ann Davis. Oh yeah, I mean really similar games. Did you see body. the game he put up the other night? Oh yeah, I'm not going to talk about him. I'm not going <laughs> to get. I already compared him to Ann Davis, so that's enough out of me. <laughs> but like like you were saying, you think Anthony Davis is the future of this position? Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to group who I put at number two. Yeah, Chris, Chris Stops. Yeah, Chris yeah. Asparzingas. Yeah, in as. Chris Asporzingis and Anthony Davis are the future of the power forward. Yep. Yeah, they're long, athletic. They move well. They got shooting touch. Um, they rebound the ball. They they protect the rim. They play a ton of minutes. Um, New York's not, New York's struggling as a franchise right now, but I really think Porzingis is is the centerpiece around that team. They're going to keep figuring out who plays well. Um, we'll see if Frank works out all right. As of right now, it's kind of tough. You know, he's only nineteen. Yeah. Um, but Cantor has been a nice find. Beasley's played really well. Beasley's on fire. So um, you know they got some. They got some. They got some bright spots. And Porzingis is the number two power forward in the NBA. For yeah, sure. he's he's 22 years old. This year he's averaging 23 points per game, 6.7 rebounds a game. He's leading the league in blocks per game at 2.3. He's shooting 43 percent from the field, and he's shooting 39 percent from three point line. From yeah, he was, he's line. the third youngest in my top ten, and he's the, he's. Definitely the biggest. They got him listed at seven three two forty. Yeah, I got I got three guys at twenty two and one guy at twenty. So yeah, he's he's tied for the second youngest on my list as well. Yeah, I got him as third number three. But uh, yeah, so we got Ant Davis and Porzingis as the one two, which I think is pretty unanimous. Yeah, I even acro- across the league. I even think maybe our three is the same. No, nah, it's not. It's not one hundred percent. Who do you have at three? Draymond Green. We're exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah, I got okay. Draymond. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Draymond. Guy. I, I love Draymond too. And actually, if Draymond, if I was a kid, Draymond might have been like my favorite, like arguably my favorite player in the league. Oh yeah, I love those uh, high intensity, um, talk you know, shit, ton of passion, a um, little undersized, little gritty. Oh, um, dude, he's he's not he's, second round pick. Uh, there's only two second round picks out of my ten, so. Uh, there was the smallest guy on the list, um, but he's the best. He, he's the best defensive player on the on the list. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. He plays on a forty and ten basketball team, and if you watch the Golden State Warriors, you know how important he is to their team. Exactly. Um, talk to Tom Izzo, who I highly respect. He's one of his all time favorite players. Um, yeah, Draymond Green. It's what, what what's there to say? Yeah, People I mean, said. if if you were to look at his stats. You might not say he's a top. You can't look at his stats. Exactly, and his stats are going to be funny. His, I, I mean, mean, it's going to be I, it's going to be great when you know if if the Warriors play out the, this dynasty and he you know continues to do what he does, he could be a Hall of Famer at like ten points a game and seven rebounds a game, and people are going to be like, "Why is this guy in the Hall of Fame?" For you his know? career, he's at nine point two points per game and six point nine rebounds per game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah, he's but he's just so good on defense, and he's such a chemistry guy, and he's he's, he's such an intangibles guy. Exactly, he, he has that he has that Kevin Garnett, that Ron Artest, that Dennis Rodman edge, you know, and he um, backs it up. He, and when when he and he was a second round pick. Yeah, I mean when when the team needs him to make a play, whether it's on defense or offense, and 
by offense, I don't mean scoring a bucket. No, no. He he hockey passes it all the time. Oh, he probably. I mean, he's the guy that swings the ball at the top. Um, he he does it all. He's setting screens. He played center for them quite a bit. So uh, yeah, Draymond's great. Number three, and he he's also undersized and is able to protect the rim. Yeah, he he averages one point three blocks per game this season. That's six seven. Yeah. So and I mean and. Kevin Durant came out of nowhere with his blocks this year, so that probably plays into it a little bit. Oh, I'm sure. And so now number four. Number four. Who do you have? Well, we've talked about – we've covered him quite a bit tonight, so uh, I'm going to jump off of Blake Griffin Ooh. as the number four. Um, this year he's shown that he can – He can. Um, what I've liked about this year and a Blake Griffin late is I see his ball handling ability. I see him being able to play ISO, let alone the high pick and roll. Um, and then also his three-point shooting is coming coming around, still averaging 20, over 22 points a game. Um, and I also think he's going to be the face of Detroit basketball. So, Well, I got, I got Blake as number four. I got Blake a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So for number four, I got LaMarcus Aldridge. Yep, yep. So, I mean, just based off the year he's having yeah. this season, he's Great having year. probably one of the best years of his career. Their best player this year. Yeah, he's 22.2 points per game, eight and a half rebounds per game. 1.2 blocks per game. He's shooting 48.9% from the field. He's flourished without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. And it, it does suck for the Spurs that they aren't playing with both LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. But it's nice that they've been able to sustain the success that the Spurs are used to because of the season LaMarcus Aldridge is having. This yeah, season. yeah, absolutely. No, he's definitely been able to – he's the guy that they've been able to hang their hat on this year uh, and play around, so – um, going into number five, I have Lamarcus Aldridge. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, you you kind of said it all. He's a great, great uh, one of the one of the prettiest players to watch play offense. I mean, his shots smooth, his offensive grain, his offensive game is great. He's per, he's perfected that fifteen foot elbow. Yeah, jumper. He, he catches the ball, he reverse pivots, he squares you up, and he finds what he wants. It's, and, it's too and easy. And just and overall, if you look at his career, look at all the work that him and Damian Lillard did together. I mean, shit, he was on the teams with Brandon Roy and, yeah. and those guys. So, yeah. um, he's an accomplished player in this league. I mean, he's 32 years old. He's a, he's a, he's a veteran. Yeah. And then for me for me at number five, it's another another player we've talked about quite a bit tonight. It's uh, Kevin Love. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Kevin Love and LaMarcus were really hard for me to kind of uh, to place. Um I have, I have I because I think Aldridge is a is a little bit better of a go to player as far as the offense goes, but Kevin Love I think is a superior rebounder to Lamarcus. Even though Lamarcus is a good rebounder, I think yeah. Kevin Love's uh, Kevin Love's probably you know I don't want to put rank him per se, but I think he's one of the best rebounders in the NBA. Yeah, um, no, Kevin Love is definitely a, an and upper echelon having, rebounder. And he's having a career year. He's playing a lot less minutes than than someone like uh, Lamarcus, though. I think he's averaging like six minutes less than Lamarcus. Yeah, but the I mean the re- the reason I have to keep Kevin Love in the top five of power forwards is that rebounding factor, mm-hmm. and also I mean just on the pure fact of he's having basically a great year. He's right on pace with all of his averages. He has more range than Lamarcus does. He's not necessarily. I don't know if I would shoots, say he's a better shooter than Lamarcus. He shoots forty percent from the from the three point line and forty six 
uh, percent from the field. Yeah, and that that makes sense because I would say I would bet that Lamarcus's field goal percentage is higher than Caleb, but I bet Caleb shoots a three a lot better. Oh yeah, um, he has that range. I have Kevin Love at number six behind Lamarcus, and then so at number six I have Blake Griffin. Yeah, the only reason I can't put Blake Griffin above Kevin Love and Lamarcus Aldridge, he's injury prone. Yep, yep. And there was a day Kevin Love and Griffin were the future of that position. So. Oh, there was a time yeah. Kevin Love and Blake Griffin were number one and number two on this yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely. Not that long ago. Um, no. So, yeah, Kevin Love, like I said, I gave – I gave um, I put Blake at the front of those three. Uh, then I went with Marcus and Kevin Love. Um, Love is just a spirit rebounder. Yeah, and so I well, have – LaMarcus is pretty, and he's play, uh, pretty on offense, and the Spurs are, are killing it. Yeah, so I had LaMarcus, Kevin Love, and then Blake. Okay, so so coming at number seven, uh, this is where it gets a little tricky. Um, oh yeah, very tricky. I got a guy I've seen uh, progress his entire career, turned into a really good player, and that's Serge Ibaka. I also have him at number seven. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, drafted by Seattle. Um, uh, uh, he's a great defensive player. He's playing for a team that's really good, so his stats I think are misleading as far as where he ranks. His, you know, 13, 13 points and six rebounds isn't anything special. But he's um, got one and a half blocks per game, and he one, shoots 48% from the field. And they're 33 and 15, and they're, yep. and they're you know, um, as good of a challenge against Cleveland and LeBron as anybody. Yeah, so. I mean, Serge Ibaka was once looked at as one of the best rim-protecting big guys in the league. Yeah, yep, definitely. Serge Ibaka. I mean, he led the league in uh, blocks at one year. So. I mean, for his career, he's at 2.3. Yeah, and, and everywhere he's gone, they, they're hoping that he's, you know, the next piece that they, the, to kind of solidify it. He's been to the NBA Finals. Um, he just—he's just a guy that I—I I think you can count on him to be your leader on defense, but he cannot be one of your scorers. I think o- no, Oklahoma City tried to make him their number three scorer behind Russ, and and I just think that's too much of a responsibility for him on offense. Yeah, he's not a guy that's limited on offense at all. I think he can do a lot on offense. He just knows his role. Yeah, he, that's just not that's not what he needs. He needs he needs to be your defensive rim protector and just you know a solid flowing piece on offense. Yeah, I mean like like you mentioned when Oklahoma City tried to make him that third option. I remember when in some of those playoff series against the Lakers uh, in the mid like 2010s that um, Serge developed that like. That mid-range jumper. That mid-range jumper, yeah. even that corner three. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I remember I, – I, like I said, I've seen this guy come from being just a raw athlete to um, to one of the better players in the NBA. Yeah. Number seven, power forward, not bad. Yeah. So, who, who you got at number eight? I got the youngster in Orlando, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Uh, okay. 18 points a game, eight rebounds, playing 34 minutes, uh, struggling Orlando team but he's super exciting super he might be, fun to watch he might be on the move he's the guy that I think has a play Griffin type of trajectory as far as his career did he was a one and done whereas Blake played two years in college so yeah. um he has a year behind development wise but he's only 22 he's crazy athletic I think he's uh definitely fits the new game of the NBA it'd be awesome to see him go somewhere um especially somewhere up pace I would love to see him in, like, Houston or something like that. That'd be fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, I got Aaron Gordon, number eight. And so, at number eight, I got Paul Millsap. But Millie. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been hurt for the majority of this year, but he should be back sometime after the All-Star break. He's always impressed me with his hustle. He's probably one of the best rebounders in the game. Led the, led the NCAA, led the nation in rebounding three years in a row. Yeah. 
for his career, he's at 14.2 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, and he shoots 49.2% from the field. And those numbers just don't do it justice because, I mean, the first four years of his career, he was coming off the bench behind Carlos Boozer, a really, really good power forward at the time, all-star yeah, he player. Yeah, was, he was on the Jazz with Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer. Yep, yep. Okay, so, you know, co- those numbers are, are kind of misleading because, I mean, he was super productive for Utah. Um, and then in Atlanta, he was even, you know, just as productive there uh, and even made an all-star game. Yeah. Um, and now I think he he's the I, he was the piece that Denver got that thought they thought they were going to be a playoff team, um, which right now they are. But I think Denver – I also have Denver as one of those teams that can just drop out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and, and then for number nine, you kind of touched on him already. I have Aaron Gordon. Yeah, but at number nine, I have Paul Millsap. And the only reason I at number nine, I have Millsap is because he's only played 16 games. And um, I, I probably realistically would have him above Serge and Aaron Gordon. Um, it I, definitely Aaron Gordon, maybe not Serge. But uh, the 16 games played this year is just kind of tough. But he's the, he's the other, other second-round pick um, on my top ten. And yeah. he's also, there's only two guys that were second-round picks, and there's only two guys that were under 6'10" both uh, Millsap and Draymond yeah and the the only reason I put Paul Millsap ahead of Aaron Gordon was based off how he's played Played for his entire career and then I mean Aaron Gordon is definitely going to be in the running for most improved player this year he's averaging 18.4 points per game 8.3 rebounds per game shoots 44 percent from the field 34 percent from the three-point line a lot of fun to watch too yeah he's a high flyer and then at number 10 I kind of have a 10a 10b you, but you copped out on me. I don't. I don't really feel confident. You didn't in this. make the hard decision. No, you I didn't, didn't cut the guy. That you needed. I to couldn't. Cut. I couldn't. But at number ten, I have Lowry Markinen slash Kyle Kuzma. Yep, both those guys were on my short list to make number ten, but they didn't make it. Who you got? Number ten, I got Sabonis in Indianapolis. I like that. Um, you know what? I like. That. I'm giving him. I'm giving him the nod at number ten. Um, similar to like the Middleton, the Middleton pick, uh, his team's doing really well. He's 28 and 23, um, seventh in the East. Uh, he was, they were basically counted out. Uh, you know, him and Oladipo were counted out being traded for Paul George. Um, and now Indiana is playing great. He's their type of player. Uh, as far as like, he's, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to build this, um, you know, slow down basketball, tough nose, hard nose basketball. Him and Miles Turner, I think, are a great combo with Oladipo there. Um, 12, po- 12 points a game, eight rebounds in 26 minutes. Um, and he's only getting better. He's the youngest player on my list, 21 years old. Coming out of Washington State's Gonzaga. You know, I, I loved watching his dad, Arvidas, in Portland. So Yeah. Yeah, I got Sabonis. No, I mean, S- Sabonis is having a great year. I mean, he was kind of one of those throwaway pieces mm-hmm. in the Paul George trade that no one really thought was going to amount to anything. But he was but, a lottery pick. Yeah, he's been playing very well. Him yeah. and him and Oladipo still have the same chemistry from last season. Yeah, I couldn't I, I, I couldn't go with the rookies and marketing and Kuzma. And then the other guy that was kind of in there was Jabari Parker. We'll see how he comes back. But talent-wise, I think he's a top-ten talent, but he hasn't done anything to deserve that yeah. list yet. And I mean the re- the reasons I put Lowry Markinen and Kyle Kuzma kind of as a ten A ten B was just they've they've 
they're probably had a great season. Yeah, they're two of the, two of the most impressive rookies this season. They're both going to be first team all rookie. Yeah, I mean, Markkanen's at fifteen point three points per game, seven point seven rebounds, forty three percent from the field, thirty six point five percent from the three point line. Kuzma, obviously, we've seen what he's been doing. He's at sixteen point three points per game, five point nine rebounds a game, forty five point nine percent from the field, and thirty seven point four from the three point line. Both they're going to be both first team all rookie. They're both in the Rising Stars game. Mm-hmm. They they're going to have big futures, and yeah. they're playing for big time teams. Yeah, they're playing for two of the two of the most blue blood basketball teams in the NBA. Arguably the two best franchises of our lifetime. Our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Arguably, I mean Bulls and Bulls and Lake Show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the power forward. That was a, it. Was an interesting one. The, um, shout out Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, still uh, doing all, it. All time great power forward. Didn't Thirty thousand club member. Didn't make the cut, but he is a bad man. He and, is. And uh, he paved the way for a lot of these guys that we talked about today. Definitely paved the way for players like Porzingis and Anthony Davis and and Markinen. Yeah, Markinen and, and those uh, you know Jokic and Nurkic and those yep. kind of guys. Um, definitely. Yeah. So run run through your top ten. All right, top ten power forwards goes Ant Davis and Porzingis, then Draymond, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus, and Kevin Love, uh, Serge Ibaka, Aaron Gordon, Paul Millsap, and Young Sabonis. There you go. Yeah. And then I got uh, Anthony Davis, Chris Aps Porzingis, Draymond Green, Lamarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Serge Ibaka, Paul Millsap, Aaron Gordon, Lowry Marketing slash Kyle Kuzma. So yeah. That wraps it up for this week on the TSK show. I got a hot take for you. I got I got something to put you in the pressure cooker. Let's do it. Let's see what let's see what you think. I just looked at my phone. Oh no. And we got some big time news. And because it happens to be with what we've been talking about today with the power forwards and, and the playoff picture and stuff, Kevin Love will be out six to eight weeks. Um, You're it, kidding me. Nope. It looks like he has just suffered a broken hand. Um, no. According to ESPN, so um, yeah, Kevin Love out. Uh, we'll see what. Uh, wow. We'll, we'll see what happens with Cleveland. Uh, so DeAndre, they're DeAndre's going to Cleveland now. They're they're obviously yeah, but the, so but is is the, are the Clippers willing to take Tristan Thompson's contract? At this point, they're going to have to be. <sighs> but I mean, not really. I, I mean, I would almost rather DeAndre walk than t- take on Tristan Thompson. Is Tristan Thompson going to be part of your rebuild? You know, I, yeah. I just I, I just don't know. You're not going to trade Kevin Love now. That's, you know? that's crazy. I'm uh, like. Yeah, so it's like, you know, uh, and then the starting lineup is Jay Crowder back in. You know, is LeBron going back to the four? Cleveland's I assume a- so. I don't think they're going to start Channing Fry and Thompson. No. Because um, then they're not going to have anyone on the bench. Maybe they go Jeff Green, but. Um, yeah, Kevin Love out six to eight this, weeks. We're gonna see what what's happening. Blake's Blake's in Detroit. K Love's out. John, there's another. Uh, uh, who's gonna replace him on the All Star team? I will. You gotta. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I, I think the other guys that were deserving were CP3 and Devin Booker, but they're in the West. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it doesn't matter now. I think it does, though. I think you, I th- you still think they have to keep the twelve and twelve. Yeah, I think I think that's what they I think that's what they do because I think they just go next uh, next in whatever voting they had be- previously. Um, um, so yeah, it, it, it looks like um, we're gonna have a new we're gonna have a new All Star power forward. 
Looks like our power forward power rankings uh, just got yeah, shook up. Yeah, they got bit. real shook up just now. Um, and and also the NBA power, also the NBA power rankings. You know, adds more turmoil to Cleveland. But sometimes, um, you know, sometimes losing a piece can actually help you out. You know who's you know who you know who's going to addition replace, by subtraction. You know who's going to replace Kevin Love? Who? Goran Dragic. Go, oh, in the All Star game? Mm-hmm. Not not over Whiteside. Yeah, over the, They won't take a front court player, you don't think? I don't think so. Because, I mean, Goran Dragic, I could be replace, a good one. I, I'd be down with Dragic. He's kind of Dragic is always one of those guys that's like the last out. Yeah, I mean, look, they replaced John Wall with Drummond. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could definitely see that. I mean, Miami's a playoff team right now, and they tend to uh, they tend to reward, you know, people for. What, what about a Ben Simmons? Does he have a shot? Probably not. I don't. Uh, is Kemba Walker in there? No. Has Kemba got a shot? I don't know. I don't we'll think see. So. We'll see. We'll see what know. happens. But yeah, sorry to put you on the. Yeah, I mean, put I'm, you on the I'm spot so there. thrown off right but, now. Uh, yeah, Kevin. I just happened to like check my phone. Just happened to check out. And I just glance over and boom. Uh, unfortunately, I see Kevin Love, and I also see the fucking Tar Heels lost. So that sucks. No, oh, I'm but, sorry, bud. But uh, yeah, Kevin Love, six to eight weeks. That hurts. I, I'm such a huge Kevin Love fan because I watched him at UCLA, and he was just—he's an Oregon kid, Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I mean, his his uncle's a Beach Boy. Yeah. So. Tough. Yeah. You got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Mellow Dip. Mellow Dip. Lamelo <laughs> Ball with the forty-point triple double over in Lithuania. Squad. Gets Jello, it, gets it, gets his, gets his dunk, and then lifts the shirt up and says, "Get your merch to the stands because he's wearing Lonzo shirt." Hey. Uh, get your merch is a pretty tough thing to shout out yeah. um, in a foreign country. So shout out to Mellow Dip with the forty point triple dub overseas. Hey. Uh, Sixteen. Lavar Ball ain't wrong. He undefeated. Never lost. Never lost. But anyways, that wraps it up this week here on the TSK show. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. Like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK Show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK Show, or just type in the keyword, the Sports Kingdom Show, on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. We will be back next week after the Super Bowl. We will talk everything Super Bowl, update our power rankings for the NBA, and we will be doing the last final installment of our five-part series. We will be checking out the top ten active NBA centers. The big dogs. Peace.